tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we are three days into the NBA season, and there's already a lot that we can tell. For example, the Lakers were eliminated from the playoffs after their first two games. Mathematically eliminated. Sorry to say it, it is true. The Jazz dropped a nasty surprise for the Nuggets. The Pels blew the doors off of the Barclay Center. Jaw did a ton of jaw things. We'll get into all of that, of course, with a, along with some news from around the league because guess what? The NBA is back. So do me a favor, Nick, and drop that beat. Man, so much happened in the first three days of the season. It's going to be impossible to recap it all. So I'm going to just pop around the league a little bit. I'm going to highlight some of the things that really interested me. First and foremost, 27, 9, 5, and 2 blocks. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and 35 minutes of action. Do you have any idea who that stat line belongs to? If you said Embiid or Jokic, hell, even Zion coming back. No one would probably blink an eye. But that, folks, is what Paolo Bancaro put up in his first game as an NBA player. Sheesh! I tried to tell y'all he was much better than everybody else. Two things happened in their opener against Detroit. One was surprising. The other was not. Unsurprising thing is that Detroit was down big. The Orlando Magic blew a huge lead. Ended up losing the game outright by four. The exact line that Vegas set. Not shocking in the least. They're going to probably do that a lot. They look good. They fade late. They don't have a lot of talent that's going to help them through. That's the way it goes. The surprising thing, despite the heightened expectations, 
Paolo somehow exceeded him. I don't know. At times, the most dominant player on the floor. And that included on a team with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and all the other random lottery picks that the Orlando Magic have. He was 11 for 18 from the floor. 11 for 18? He was 10 for 15 in the paint where he pretty much did whatever the fuck he wanted. Shockingly good debut. Shocking even for me who loves some Paolo Bancaro. With 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, Bancaro became just the third number one overall pick since 1969. Nice. To record 25-5-5 in his debut. The others? LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He finished 11 of 18 shooting, like I said, which is the most made field goals by a rookie in his debut since, again, LeBron James in 2003. Interestingly, the day of the game, the New York Post dropped an article about Paolo's experiences as a student athlete at Duke. And it was illuminating. This is what he said. Sometimes I'd feel like, you know, you were a zoo animal or something. Bro, they would be like, oh, God, in class, you'd see him over there whispering about you, like just straight up staring at you. First and foremost, that sucks. Secondly, though, how many times have I tried to tell you how big Paolo Bancaro is? Like unnaturally, perfectly proportioned and 6'10", 200 and something pounds. He is the biggest human I've ever seen. Like, in terms of pound for pound, proportionally, size-wise, I look at centers sometimes and I'm like, nope, that guy's not as big as Paolo Bencaro. Nope, that guy's not as big as Paolo Bencaro. So if I had Paolo Bencaro in my class, I'd be a little bit shocked, too. I'd be like, wow, how much do you think he can bench press? How much do you think he can deadlift? Also, you would think that at a certain point, though, things would get a little bit more normal. You'd get a little bit more chill. He's sitting two rows down from you you know, five five days a week or whatever. What class? You go, you go to school three days a week when you're in college, two days a week? I don't know. It's been a while. But it's kind of like what Zion hinted at about his experience at Duke where you're hyped and you're famous and you're, let's be honest, very different than the, the student body, how shall I say at Duke? You know, a lot of YTs at Duke, not a lot of Zions, not a lot of Paolos, just going to be honest. So, like, truthfully, kind of hard to not feel isolated and alone because, honestly, what do you have in common with some prep school kid from Connecticut who, when you're a 6'6", 6'8", 285-pound athletic freak who's on the cover of every magazine, or in Paolo's case, 6'10", and 285. Yeah, this is why Adam Silver's like, yep, you guys can go one and done. You don't need Duke. You don't need Kentucky. You don't need to be meeting some random fraternity or sorority girl that has you making TikToks and you're pointing at the sky with random, like, words next to it in order for you to get an NIL deal. No, you can just go right to the league right now. Let's be, let's be very, very clear. Paolo's putting up 25 a night regardless of going to Duke, regardless of Coach K. No hate on Coach K. That's a truth a lot of college coaches don't really want us to know. Paolo don't need Duke. Duke needs Paolo. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on to Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Ooh, yikes. I was hoping for more. I'll just say that. (laughs) I was hoping for a competitive match. What a rough opening night. New Orleans Pelicans, a team that started, what, 1-13? 2-21 last year? They went into Barclays, and they went to Poundtown. They just put the beat down on KD, Kyrie, and the rest of them boys. 130-108. to Let me say that again. The New Orleans Pelicans that scraped their way into the plan to be fair, the Brooklyn Nets did too. Uh, 130 to 108. This beatdown included being out rebounded 61 to 39, outscored 36 to 4 in second chance points. Yeah, that'll get your ass beat. Yeah. Question Wasn't that why they brought in Ben Simmons? Defense, rebounding, playmaking. Turns out, not exactly going as smooth sailing as possible. It's almost like he hasn't played any basketball in a while. Steve Nash finally decided to tell us the truth in a random press conference because Lord knows we need a little truth from Steve Nash here and there. He said Ben was rusty. No shit, Steve. He hasn't played a game since July 2021. Yes. It is currently, checks notes, October 21st, 2022. Ben's line, four points. Five rebounds, five assists. This is like half of what Draymond Green averages in his career, but also what Draymond Green averaged in his first game back too. So that's something interesting to think about. He was negative 26 for the game in a game that they lost by 22. So he was actually worse than everyone else. I don't think he's going to be that bad, let's be honest. I think he will figure things out. I'm more optimistic about Ben on this team than I am with him with Joel Embiid, and we'll talk about why a little bit later, not just because of the spacing, but because it turns out they really don't care about one another whatsoever. But the loss against the Pelicans probably had more to do with the fact that the shooters are nowhere to be seen. Seth Curry, out. Joe Harris, out. Both coming back from injuries. Ben's going to have to figure his shit out, though, if they want to go anywhere. There's a little bit more Ben T, though, a little bit more Ben news. So I'll add that into here. Uh, first and foremost, he told, I think, Nick Friedel. I'm not good at remembering which reporters people talk to, but I think it was Nick Friedel. He said he cannot wait to play a game in Philly. I don't believe that whatsoever. Didn't he skip out on just being on the sidelines for the game when he went back to Philly? You would know, Nick. You're from Philly-ish. No? No. No. Pittsburgh. My bad. My bad. Scrap that. In a sit-down interview with Ben Friedel, Ben also asked, was asked whether he thought his relationship with Embiid would ever be good again. And he said, who knows? I can't predict the future. Don't want to make my mind up and say it's not possible for anything to change. But I don't talk to Joe. We never really spoke. I don't think there was really a relationship there. Like, in terms of a friendship, 
You can try as hard as you want to be close to somebody, be their friend, but everybody are different as people. So for me, it's never personal. I don't have any hang anger or hate towards him. He is who he is. I am who I am. We've got our personal lives, and work is basketball. So in that moment, my goal was to win, and I've got to win with Joe. He's a great player. We just didn't get it done. Pause. What? We never really spoke? I don't talk to Joe? To me, it's very normal for you to not be best friends with your coworkers. Yeah, maybe they don't come over for a 2K night or Call of Duty, you know, maximum point, whatever they call it. Kyler Murray's always staying up to do. But, okay, maybe you don't get grab beers after practice. Fine. Maybe you don't speak with each other when you change jobs and you go to a new organization. Totally fine. But to be cornerstones of a franchise where you may be there for the rest of your careers if the ownership group gets what they want and you not to be on speaking terms? I am not shocked that this thing didn't work out because boy, oh boy, is that telling. But maybe the most surprising thing actually this week that happened to Ben was Kyrie Irving passing down words of wisdom to Ben Simmons. Words that I feel are sort of like the pot calling the kettle black. Kyrie, when asked about his thoughts on Ben fouling out in just 23 minutes, is what he said. As we told him in the locker room, he's a valuable piece for us and we need him out there. And fouling out is not an option. Playing aggressive is something we want him to do, but we also want him to play smart. Let's be honest. That's an interesting take from a guy who, let's face it, is not very reliable or very available for very long stretches at a time for his entire career from Boston to now Brooklyn. Someone also just recently said that the Nets have a must-win game tonight in Game 2 against the Toronto Raptors. That is... That, folks, tells you Brooklyn's off to a hot start. Oh, boy.